Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to episode 31 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook and sitting next to me as always, Eric Hawk, Jake Light. Very hard to focus with when All I Want for Christmas, sung by the president, Donald Trump, is playing in the background. Yeah, he's got a pretty decent voice for it all being auto-tuned, clearly. Uh, it's a beautiful voice. Um, just glad that uh, we're able to do something productive with this press conferences. <laughs> At least something's productive is being done with what he's saying, which usually isn't very productive. But we'll, <laughs> on to another topic. Anyway, this is the Reggie Miller episode of the Born Ready to Pod Ooh. podcast. Episode Damn. 31. So we've made it this far. The ultimate episode 31, the most famous number in Pacers history. Um, and we got some topics here for you today. We got some Christmas stuff. So obviously, we're going to talk about the Pacers week of games. We're going to talk about uh, some Christmas-related topics, and then we have around the association and some Reggie Miller talk at the end, obviously, because it's the Reggie Miller t- episode. So, to start off today's episode, we'll just go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Pacers were on a seven-game win streak uh, that started earlier in the month. They beat... Started with beating Chicago and ended on Sunday when they played the Knicks. This week they played the Cleveland Cavaliers at home and they played the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. Toronto without Kyle Lowry, Abaka, Valanchunas. So some main guys there and the Pacers lost in last second plays in both of them. Both had questionable calls at the end, but the Pacers blew some leads, didn't play well. So what were your guys' thoughts from the Pacers' disappointing couple of games here late of late when you said elephant in the room i thought you were talking about me shaving my beard (laughs) (laughs) so i got nervous but uh yeah the the wind streak was great we were riding hot we were feeling all kinds of you know funky and everything was just going so well and then we came back to earth against cleveland and i mean that game was your classic looking ahead to toronto game and it was at home which was the surprising thing we looked like dog shit most of the game i mean our defense played well in both these contests but 
you know, you're not going to win many games like the way we played that game. And then the Toronto game was even more heartbreaking because of the lead we had and how good we were feeling at one point. But I was never too comfortable because I never get too comfortable with the Pacers. I don't, I know how they like to let teams back in. But, yeah, that missed call at the end was total bullshit. You know, I hope that guy has gets coal in a stocking for Christmas, the referee who missed that. But you know, we live on. We, we, we advance. Our streak of pregame recordings has come to an end. I think we were like 7 or 8 no the day before we record and you know we'll take eight and one we'll take that to the bank we're going to come back with Avengers next time yeah the the Cleveland game we were due for a bad game you, you knew we were going to play bad at some point uh Larry Nance is a heck of a player I, I really enjoy him I, I think his contract's a little little insane for what he does but I really enjoyed him he clearly pushed off um just blatant I think we're going to talk about that just a little bit here but um it just it was it was just a blatant missed call, and I hate those two last two minute things that the the NBA does with their referees because it just makes you even more mad. I mean, I was just livid the next day, but um, overall, we just didn't play well versus Cleveland. I have a bigger issue with the way we played against Toronto, especially over the last thirteen to fourteen minutes of the game. Um, usually, we're you know all in defensively. I I seen a bunch of defensive lapses I really didn't like, some communication issues, um, and it just seemed like that once it started going downhill, it almost seemed like it was inevitable to me. I mean, I just and maybe that's yeah. the cynic in me, but um, they didn't have Kyle Lowry, they didn't have Alan Tunis, and we weren't able to pull off a victory. That would have been a huge victory, albeit on the road, but um, yeah, that one was definitely a tough one to swallow. We talked, we were talking in the group chat, not not a lot of clean language that we can repeat on here, but no, it was uh, a lot of F's, a lot of S's, a lot of B's and A's, and it was just, it was D's. rough. Couple D's, couple D's. Um, so that's, let's focus a little bit on the Cleveland game. Larry Nance, no call that, you know, obviously was not called. So what do you guys think about those two-minute reports? They have yet to come out with one for the Toronto game. What do you guys think about those two-minute reports that they come out with the next day? Do you think those are actually productive? Because there's no actual punishment that goes with those. It's just like, oh, yeah, we screwed up, and we're going to move on with life. So what do you think about those reports when they come out? In the grand scheme of things, I think you got to say it's productive. Like, they're identifying calls. They're, they're stacking up a bunch of, like – instances where this happens that happens late game over time maybe it'll prove but i mean if you're a ref in the nba and you miss some of these calls like i just don't understand so i don't know if it's even helping but just on the surface i don't want to see it as a fan like i didn't even look at the report i don't give a shit about the report i'll look at the report it was like game seven of the finals we lost some bullshit and then i'll look at the report but i just can't get caught up in that because i'm already so frustrated and then the next day i had a sleep in me and i'm feeling like we're on to the next i don't give a shit about that game like, I don't even want to think about it. And then that report drops. I don't want to see it. I don't want to get mad. I just want to be happy. It's Christmas time. You know, I'm I'm in the spirit of giving, and I don't give a shit about it most most times. Yeah. I just – you know they, they blew the call. I, and that's the thing. Like, I do think you're correct. In the grand scheme of things, in the long run, it probably is beneficial. But they missed so many calls, and then it's extrapolated on ESPN or – uh, whatever it is for, you know, they just, they really just push the issue about how bad the refereeing has been. And then it's just like, okay, that's it. Nothing happens. And so I really think if they really want to take it seriously, they, there needs to be some sort of repercussions for these referees. I do think that eventually, I think they are getting graded on a scale and then eventually that's playoffs. It's not, but I mean, for the Pacers, what if we finish a game out of like third place? So now instead of playing, you know, whoever it is, Philadelphia or something, you got to go play. You got to go through Toronto, who seems like the best team right now. So, uh, best team in the East, obviously. So, uh, I, I just, it bothers me. Like you said, I wanted to wake up and feel good about it. And um, I felt a lot worse after 
Toronto's game, the Toronto game, than I did, you know, Cleveland. Yeah, just because of the letdown. Yeah, which is so disappointing. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Which one did you dislike the most? Wednesday. Hmm. Toronto. Because that's the game. Just because it was coming. It off was of such a, loss. a knife. It was a twist. And it would have been a huge. If game, they had like, won, if they had won the night before, it wouldn't have been as bad. I like to have the respect game circles on the calendars. Teams that may be better than us, even though they didn't have their players, no one's going to look back and see that they didn't have their players. We would have won at Toronto. People would have been like, "Oh shit!" Like the Pacers are for real after the seven-game win streak. Now we lose back to back. We're back to like the low, the middle tier of the East. Yeah, and I just I, it pisses me off because I know we can play like the top tier. Yeah, and like just the game, you know, the the Cavs game. It was like a glancing blow. You know, it's like you know we just got cut, just bleeding a little bit, just put a bandaid on it, and then the, you know day after it's like. You yeah. know, the Raptors just stab you and you feel like you've been gutted. It was just tough to wake up the next day thinking, you know, a lot of positive thoughts. So that's I'll tell you I what else from. I didn't I didn't necessarily like, I didn't jive with, was the Brooklyn Nets armchair All-American page tw- twer- chirping us on Twitter right after the <laughs> Toronto loss. I didn't, I started, like, I didn't much I, care for that. I started it. Did you start yeah, that? Yeah, I started it. Okay. And they, I said see you on Friday. Yeah, and they just, came back and just having some playful, okay, playful, playful back banter. and forth. Yeah, yeah I'm really, I'm really hoping we can shut down Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, um, he's anyway, like a monster. Anyways, uh, well, I really hope that against the Cavs the other night. So whoever their best player is, I can't even think of it. Probably Larry Nance. What you say? Who is their best player? Oh, R- Ronnie Hood. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. It was pointed out on Pacers Twitter. I didn't come up with this, but it was pointed out on Pacers Twitter by multiple fans. I know the iPacers account, and then it was also on Reddit. Pacers game last year against the Boston Celtics when Bojan made that shitty-ass pass was on December 18th. The Pacers played the Cavaliers and lost on December 18th. And dating back to 2009, the Pacers are 1-5 on December 18th games. Holy cow. Do you think that's a coincidence? What do you think about that? Is it like the Ides of December? I mean, it's pretty close. So, like, I think it's just it's Shakespearean how bad we are. We must have played 18th. the Knicks one December eighteenth to get yeah. that win. I mean, it's I don't know. That's frustrating. It like was uh, one of the games was against the Heat when it was LeBron and Wade and when they were playing there, and uh, it came down to a last second last second call there as well. So, hopefully, the league quits scheduling us on the eighteenth. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Um, so moving on a little bit about that Toronto game. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, but what did you guys think about that last play there? The no call uh, on OG had look appeared that he hit Bojan. There's no appearing. Appeared he hit, he hit Bojan. That he arm. hit Bojan on the forearm. Uh, refs swallow their whistles, and the Pacers just get in their faces at the end of the game. So, what did you think about that? Um, obviously, we hear the thing. Well, the Pacers shouldn't have been in that situation anyway because they get the lead, but still. They're playing the Raptors at home. You knew the Raptors were going to make a run. And big play of the game. Not saying Bojan would have made all three of his free throws. The Pacers still could have lost because I'm betting he would have went two for three. That's my guess. So what do you guys think about that play pretty much? (laughs) I think it was – they obviously were denying Vic the ball. And honestly, Vic played terrible those last ten – maybe like nine minutes. And the eight-second call, you never see that. You don't. And if you re- if you watch the replay, it's clear as day. Like they got the call right. It's that's what's so frustrating. Just walking the ball lackadaisical. Like I, I don't know. These last two games, not impressed by Vic. I'm obviously not concerned. I'm not going to trash them or anything. But just bad, two bad games. The free throws against Cleveland, that turnover right there. Yeah, we didn't even mention the free throws. Yeah. Really. 
And so I, for me, I look at your best player in the crunch time and the minutes, and he's been so good throughout the time. And then, you know, Bojan's got that opportunity. Clearly gets hacked by Ananobi. Absolutely destroyed on the arm. No call. Whatever. We're on to Brooklyn. Here's the thing, though. Why does the Pacers' offense, first three quarters, they're passing it around. Looks like they're running several plays. It's not just iso ball. Fourth quarter, it gets down to it. You see guys standing around, not moving, and just relying on Oladipo to make a play, especially there in crunch time. The Raptors knew exactly who wanted who the Pacers wanted to shoot the ball. They kind of just let go of what was working for them earlier in the game and just focused on iso ball, trying to get Oladipo to you know bail them out of the situation. Yeah, Vic was bad. He was bad in that fourth quarter for sure. And no fans or butts, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he they the ball movement stopped. Um, and then I think the guys are just kind of waiting for Vic to make a play. And when Which you're... is weird because when we're on firing on all cylinders, like in the first half, no one's looking to Vic necessarily. Everyone's getting involved. Everyone's getting – Vic yeah. does a good job especially. So it's like why does that stop? It's It always happens in basketball too. Like, I don't know. It's some of those weird things. I think, you know, it, it's a little bit of – you know, everything's tightening up on them. It's coming down to the clutch. You know that you have one of the best clutch players in the league on your team. And so you're just like expecting him to make a play when you're not on. I mean, he made several mistakes late. He made several mistakes in the fourth quarter. I'm not going to, Vic will tell you he didn't play well. If he, he would, he would tell you that if yeah. he was sitting right here. So, um, and we're pretty close with Vic, good friends with him. So I, you know, <laughs> pretty well aware that he, uh, he knows he played bad. So I'm not going to look too deep into it. Like I said, you just can't put yourself in that situation. But Ananobi hacked the shit out of Bojan, and yep. that was bad, 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 bad. I, I was pissed at the time, but at the, I was almost so mad at the Pacers that it just got overshadowed. I'm trying I mean, to think: has there been a time this year where we've been on the receiving end of like a bad call late game like that? There's I none can't that think stick of one. out necessarily because you got you gotta hope those even out in the long run. But man, I'm probably like wrong. There's probably like 30 instances we're gonna get tweeted at us, but. I can't think of an instance where we've been screwed that hard. I mean, that late in the game, that late. That's huge. I mean, it just it hurt. Upcoming for the Pacers this week, they play at Brooklyn. Brooklyn riding that seven-game win streak just like the Pacers. So, we yep. were saying earlier, yep. it's got to end at some point. Play the Wizards Sunday <laughs> at home. Dub squad. And then day after Christmas, don't have a Christmas Day game this year, which we unfortunately knew already. They play at Atlanta, so three easily winnable games there. <laughs> if the Pacers go two and one, I'll be happy. One and two, I'll be mad. Three and zero. Oh, three and zero, oh, I'll, I'll be, be very I'll happy. Be um, so, other quick tidbits from the week: uh, some things that had happened. Obviously, Oladipo returned against the Milwaukee Bucks. Pacers had that win and the 76ers win, so those were two really big wins. So, on that seven-game win streak, what do you think was the best win the Pacers had? Mm. I think it was the Bucks. I think when Thad was shutting down Giannis, it was just so... That's what won him Eastern Conference Player of the Week, his game against Milwaukee specifically. The way they... I mean, what? Giannis had like, what, 22? 20? I mean, he's going to get 20, but... No, I think he had like 12. I can't 12? remember really? exactly. It was low. So that game was the most impressive because of how we won to me. And I think we hit a crap ton of threes that game too, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I wanted to choose something else. It's got to be the Bucks game. I mean, it, after they dismantled us, I mean, it was nice just Philly to play well. Philly was a big win, though. Philly, Philly was, was big, but I really think for our mindset, I think we match up better with Philly. That's why I wasn't worried about Philly last year in the playoffs. I thought I think we match up well with them, but the Bucks when you have Giannis, no one matches up with Giannis. I mean, if he's on, he's just kind of like LeBron. I mean, 
he's a matchup problem. No matter you don't, there's no one in the league that can really stop him. So um, I thought that was a huge win and huge shout out to Thad. I love Thad. And that's it, don't that's it. don't step I mean, on my it. toes here because that's the next topic. Thad uh, Young, Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference Player of the Week. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> Much deserved. I mean, wait, he averaged like 20, and just his defense in those games, specifically Ben Simmons, and specifically against uh, Giannis in one week, you shut those guys down. You're gonna. I mean, you're going to win Eastern Conference Player of the Week like he did, and he played well offensively. There was a game, I think it was Washington, or no, it was 76ers. He was 2 for 11 at one point, and he finished 9 for 19. If that math doesn't add up, I'm sorry, but that's pretty impressive. Like, he went from, like, being 2 for 11, and he made, like, his next 7 or 8 shots, so... Big fan. Big fan of that. Yeah, I'm just – I don't even care that he got Eastern Conference Player of the Week. I really don't. I mean, it's a huge kudos to him, but it's like I've said the whole time. He is such – he is the glue. I swear he is the glue. You can't trade him. I think that signing was huge because I think during the summer we were just like, okay, we'd take Thad back. But, like, I think this year it's just cemented the fact that he – we need him because he is so willing to do what the others are not – you know, it's not that they're not willing to do it, but he's he's able to do the things that are tough to do just to let the young guys be playing basketball, yeah. really. And it opens up Miles, it opens up Vic, uh, Bojan, it helps a lot. I mean, it just it opens everything up for the offense. And he's probably, honestly, he's probably my favorite player on the team right now, yeah. just just because he's willing to do whatever it takes for his team to win. And huge kudos to him for that. Right, riddle me this: if you had to pick players that would have won Eastern Conference Player of the Week before the season, who would you put ahead of him to win the award? I think he's like one Victor. Yeah, absolutely Victor. And then two, maybe like Miles. You could see Miles having like blocking like fifteen shots yeah, one game or some crazy. shit. And I even think Crap. Domas could have won it over him when he was going on twenty and tens streak. I mean, Thad on my list, he's like fifth that I would have thought won would have won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Well, I would. So Huge before kid. the season, I would have yeah, put Tyreek ahead of him. Really? Yeah, I would have put Tyreek. I don't now. know if I would have had Sabonis. Now, obviously, I have Sabonis, and then you got to think Edmund Sumner too. I mean, yeah, you got to think. I had, I had him a preseason MVP. So uh, another couple last tidbits of the week: Motorola signs the with the Pacers to or multi year deal to be the jersey sponsor. Since Motorola came on board, the Pacers are now zero and two with them as the jersey patch. So what do you guys think about, you know, that kind of was out of nowhere. Didn't expect them to be the uh, sponsor for the Pacers. I thought we were the only bid, actually, for a while. Really? I thought we were the only bid. I think we offered, I mean, we were going to pay up. You know, Born Ready to Pod was going to pay up. I think we even offered, like, 55 bucks or something. Like, we threw our hat in the ring. I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't get a yes without, you know, throwing out the question. What Motorola products have you ever owned? I can't think. I think maybe a cell phone. Too. I had a razor. 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 Yeah, yeah. The razor. I had. I, I had. People still buy razors. They got other phones. Charcoal. I had charcoal gray, and I had a blue one. Like, how do they make money? They got to be like just huge overseas, or just yeah, have it's some be little overseas. patent over something. That well, their needs. HQ is in Chicago, so they're close. We should to see us. what Google's up to with Motorola. Um, what do they do? I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't like them. I'm, I'm officially do, against listeners. Listeners, if you do know what Motorola, I can't even say Motorola. Something. Am I saying it right? Yeah. If you know what Moto does, please. I mean, I know they let have us the know. smartphones that no one, Guys, no, I got, one, no one buys them. No, I just telling you what Google told me. From the year 2007 to 2009, they lost 4.3 billion dollars. That's not good. That's not good. Like, you don't want that losing tradition involved with the Pacers. If you have a Motorola product, tweet at us because I'm. Yeah, gonna, I want it. There's no way. Picture. There's no way anybody. They got it. They got a G7 series and it's got a leak. It looks pretty sick, but again, no one's gonna buy it. Yeah, they gotta be. My only thought is they're big overseas. And they're just One of the shit. most underrated moments was someone dunked it a couple games ago. I think against the Cavs, 
maybe it was against the Raptors, and uh, Quinn Buckner says, Hello, Moto. <laughs> Hello, Moto. <laughs> so, uh, I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, speaking of, you know, big plays, smothered chicken, Miles Turner, over the win streak and uh, the last couple of games, um, the two losses, so the last nine games, he has 30 blocks. Whoa. I'm going to yeah. do something I don't normally do. I'm going to start barking. <laughs> <laughs> that is miles on defense right now. He will go at you, and he will. That, that game last night, specifically two nights ago now in Toronto, where he, at yeah. the end of the game when he was blocking, he had like three blocks late in that game, and that play that we tweeted from the main account where he blocks one dude on the other side, then runs down blocks another guy. There's just nothing. I think the block might be more exciting than the dunk. Verbal meme, verbal meme here. This is just like when the Grinch, the Grinch meme where he's like. <laughs> Okay, and he's doing that thing. It's just like that's what he's like on defense. Ball goes up. I, I love the new miles. The transformation of miles over these. It's last the hair. Month has been very pleasing. It's the hair. So many backpacks. Yeah, so many backpacks. Shout out to Indiana, Indiana members credit union donating a, a a backpack of school supplies for every Miles Turner block this season. Yeah. Dude, okay, there was a nice ad read for him. We used to make fun of the fact it was like every George Hill free throw, right? Yeah, and then George Hill would like go one for two. What yeah, seemed like every be single time donating more now. Yeah, I would think so. I yeah, I can. Then I was like a block shot. Holy cow! Like a great like shot blocker is like game. two or one, you know one or two a game and. Uh, Miles is, and I came uh, up with the uh, idea, and Indiana members credit you. Like the tweet was, every time Quinn Buckner doesn't say smothered chicken when he should, he should have to donate a backpack himself Ooh. to Indiana members credit union to give out. Just personally, for not using the smothered chicken in the right moment. I got a feeling Quinn Buckner might end up on our naughty list later on. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to leave it that there. Hello, Moto. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up, and you kind of. Uh, gave a little preview there. We have a uh, Christmas edition episode because this is, you know, Christmas is coming up. So we obviously have to ask some Christmas questions. So coming up, we have several different topics we're going to discuss Christmas related and NBA related coming right after this. Alright, hope you're enjoying that track. We're going to now dive in to our Christmas edition questions on our special Reggie Miller episode slash Christmas episode. Merry Christmas to all our listeners, by the way. And Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating, Happy Holidays to you. Now, what I'm going to do is present our naughty, our annual, we're going to make this an annual tradition on the Born Ready to Pod podcast every Christmas. We're going to be doing a naughty or nice list. I'm going to list off some Pacers players, uh, some other people in the Pacers organization, and some of the commentators who we've recorded podcasts with. And you're going to tell me if they made the naughty or nice list and why. So we got a lot of names here. You don't have to give like five minutes reason why for each of them. But just give me a good reason why, okay? Deal. <laughs> Starting off. That was directed at me, by the way, because I just gave him 45 minutes. Bojan Bogdanovic. Uh, nice list. No-brainer here. I mean, it's just been a pleasant surprise since he's joined the Pacers. N- nice all the way. Yeah, I'm nice. Get I'm this nice man with Bojan. Yeah. I love uh, – He's he also is, like, a part of, like, three or four of our best, like, gifts and, like, you know, sound effects that we People post. love when we hit the damn music. Hit the damn music. 
Booyah! Why is he on the? Why is he on your list? It's like that's what I said. He's he's nice. He's nice because, because he, of he all the memes. He's he so the memes, and we Sorry, love I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> it's all right. All right, consensus on Boyan. Nice. He's nice. All right. Next up, Jeremiah Johnson. Um, this one's tough. I feel like Jeremiah's got like a closet of skeletons, possibly. Yeah. He just seems well too put together. I know you're up to something, Jeremiah, if you're listening. <laughs> but for now, I don't know what's in the closet. So just from an outsider's perspective, I'll give him nice. I think he works hard. Yeah, I think he works hard. Nice. He's very humble. Um, down to earth, a little uh, central Indiana, northern Indiana boy, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go nice as well. He's a great interview, and I definitely could see him being on the uh, podcast later this year. That's I would have said naughty. Oh, really? Yeah. For what reason? I just, like you said, skeletons. <laughs> something, there's something naughty about it. It's those think, eyes, though, yeah. when he's talking to you. It's like piercing through your soul, even though, you know, he's just looking through He's got that nice, calming face, too. Yeah. I think there's something about So consensus on, that face. on J.J.? I guess we got it two against one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. Next up, Darren Collison. Uh, I know where Jake's going to go, so I'm going to just go ahead and join Naughty. Yeah, he's Naughty. He's he, been playing nice. He's lately. Yeah, he's really nice to other teams in the last two minutes of game, so maybe he is nice. But for us, he's Naughty. Um, or for me, he's definitely Naughty. He's just one of the bottom tier point guards in the league. I'm ready to move on. I've been ready to move on for a year or two, so uh, definitely naughty for me. Darren Collison is... You're naughty. You're naughty. <laughs> All right, next up, David Harrison. David Harrison. I mean, this guy just wants to get high and just talk about the good times. And so, and he's been a, you know, a very reliable, awesome guest on the pod in the past, so definitely nice. Yeah, I think he's so nice that he's naughty. Well, I think he's like so nice that he's not, and not not the same naughty as uh, Collison. Okay, not the same naughty, but just like David Harrison, we know you have a naughty side, you know. And I, I'm kind of digging honestly. I would agree. I'd say David Harrison is naughty. Naughty. I'd I'd say 100. percent He's naughty. Uh, You know, we spent some time with him at his house. Yeah, and uh, I can just tell you know, he's naughty. He's naughty. I'm bad. <laughs> All right. Next up, I think I already know what this is. You might as well go ahead and play it. TJ Leaf. Mm. You know, nah, naughty. I was gonna maybe make a case for nice, but there isn't one. I really wanted this to be Alize, but this is TJ Leaf and naughty, and I don't want to waste my time anymore. All right, TJ Leaf is. You're naughty. <laughs> Kristenary. Nice. I mean, the guy's just a great... Always loves to come on, loves to chat with us. Great at words with friends. He's nice. He's really nice. I can't even... I wanted to play some sort of naughty. You can't say naughty with Chris Denary. Uh The Harry Denary nice is normal. All right, Chris Denary is... Nice. 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 Domantas Sabonis. Definitely nice. nice. Maybe the nice. Oh. He might be at the top of the nice list, honestly. He's, He's a pleasant but surprise all around. I will, I will <gasps> try to sway Ooh, you a little on. bit. I might go naughty. We heard the rumor. <laughs> Which rumor? He's a chain smoker. That doesn't mean you're naughty, necessarily. <laughs> that just means maybe you're... I don't know. You know what? I think he's naughty. He makes he makes me want to be naughty. I mean, because he's one of my favorite players on the team. So, so I think consensus is yeah, he is naughty. He's naughty. So Domas, you are. You're naughty. 
Next up on the list, Miles Turner. You can take a good look at a butcher's ass by sticking your head up there, but wouldn't you rather take his word for it? Nice, especially lately. I mean, come on. I mean, he's just playing great defense. You can't make a naughty case. No. You guys have been going naughty all the time. No, no, I'll say, I'll nice. say nice. I say nice because, you know what, he's supplying kids with backpacks. Yeah. And that what's what's nice. And he does a lot of other great things in the community. I know he has those bags he gives out. So, Miles Turner is... Next up, Victor Oladipo. Uh, wow, this one's tough. I mean, it's one of those classic cases. If you've been nice to us for like a year, you've got that PS4 under the tree, and then the last couple weeks before Christmas, you act up, I might send that back, and you might get a PS3. No one wants a PS3 on Christmas when the PS4 is the hot thing. You're naughty. Yeah, I actually think he's naughty as well, and of course, we're not ragging on him, but like... You know, it's almost one of those things where you buy the kid or buy the person a PS4. It's under the tree. And I'm not sending the PS4 back, but I might send the controller back just so he can't play for a couple you days. You might get FIFA 15. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that a lot. So I would say he, he's naughty, and uh, but he's my naughty guy. So, Vic, you are. You're naughty. You're naughty. But we still. I love you. <laughs> Next up on the list, this is going to be a good one. I think I know the answer, but we'll see what you guys say. Jason McIntyre oh, from FS1. He's naughty. I mean, just the fact that he came on our podcast was nice, but overall, this man's the naughtiest. He, he's I mean, this guy. naughty. He's got a skeleton. He's just a wall full of skeletons <laughs> behind his and plaster. And we gave him everything he needed versus Skip. We, we told him. We gave him the field We, we gave fire. him everything. He said he'd give us a shout-out. It didn't happen. Jason, you ripped my heart out, and for that, you will be naughty. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I couldn't agree more. All right. I don't know where you guys are going on this one. Quinn Buckner. Well, Quinn Buckner did say he would never come on the pod at one point, didn't he, when you guys talked to him? He didn't say never, but he insinuated that it would take a hefty amount of cash. Yeah, so naughty. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're going to try to blackmail us and bribe us, we're not we're not playing those games. Uh, Buckner, so no, Buckner did not try to pay, get us to pay him off. <laughs> yes, he did. No, he didn't. Didn't he say that he only does that stuff for money? No, he didn't say that. Ooh. Why would he say that? Who did we talk to that said he does it for money then? Nobody said it. They just said he doesn't like to do it. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, he's being stingy with the smothered chickens. Chicken's naughty. He's Quinn, naughty. you are naughty. Oh, wait, wait on the soundboard. Found oh, it. Here we go. You're naughty. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right, next up, Tyreek Evans. You're this one's. Naughty. I mean, come on. Do we even have to discuss this one? Naughty. Naughty, 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 naughty. He's what a. What would ba- you have said in July, though? I would still I say, would say, let's say uh, Christmas is in July. I would I, say the in-laws are in town. You better be on your best behavior. You're going to your room if you act up once. And I mean, he has not been a good, he's been naughty. He's been naughty. He got suspended. Uh, he couldn't hit a layup, you know. You're naughty. Yeah, exactly. We don't even need to go into it. All right, Nate McMillan. Uh, this one is, we give him a lot of crap on the show, but I'm going to have to give him nice. I just think when everything's working well, I think he has his hand in it a little bit. I think working with USA Basketball really helped him learn as a coach. He's more, you know, player-oriented, it seems. And I think in this NBA, that's the way you got to do it. And he's kind of the opposite of Thibodeau, which is what you're kind of looking for. So I'm going to say nice. Nice. Absolutely nice. You can't – I mean, he's he's brought stability back to the coaching uh, coaching staff over the last couple of years, and I'm happy he's our coach. So, Coach, even though I, I disagree with some of the things that we do at some points, nice. Nice. Thank you. All right, so that ends my list. Do you guys anybody else you want to throw in? 
like off the top of your head. Anybody that I would throw in would I would easily just know which side they were on. Honestly, what about Joseph? Nice. Yeah, Corey Joseph. Nice. 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 Can you think of anybody else? Alize Johnson. <laughs> nice. nice. Very nice. Doug McDermott. I didn't have that on there because I assumed it was going to be oh, easy, he's, nice. Oh, he's the nicest. Yeah. What about Doug McDermott? Uh, just, he can be naughty. Oh. Just because we need a couple more guys. <laughs> we need a couple more naughties, so Doug, you're naughty. How about, uh, let's think of some other players here not on the Pacers. Lance Stevenson. Naughty. He's naughty. He didn't want our money, so naughty. Naughty. You're naughty. Kevin, Some of them. Kevin Pritchard. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Could I mean, be... he got us the sponsorship. We're playing games in India. Like, I mean, okay, flip side, Motorola. Naughty. Naughty, by <laughs> far. Give him, give him the naughty. Motorola. You're naughty. Uh, how about, uh, let's think of some pop culture here, too. You know, we got some other people. Motorola. Ariana Grande? Oh, naughty. She's been naughty. <laughs> She's been naughty. Old... I hit the wrong one there. <laughs> the wrong one. Okay, kind of let's do some listeners. Dewan. Dewan, the nice. Very nice. nice. Absolutely. Nice. Who's the guy that hates Miles and then said he's been playing well lately? Oh, yeah, Jeremy. Not, How about Jeremy? Naughty. Very naughty. He's the naughtiest. He's the naughtiest. Colin Cowherd? Oh, naughty. He likes luck, so I'm going to say he's nice. He's a big luck defender out there. Yeah. He's well. he's way too much on LeBron. Yeah, I don't, I don't listen LeBron's to LeBron's John but... Kidd. Uh, he's Dan Dockage. No, oh You're my god. Naughty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that also brings up Dan Dockage. I got the picture of him scarfing down popcorn at the Pacers Great game. Picture. Great picture. Awesome. He was going in on that popcorn. Ham. I saw him clapping like right at, I mean once once he got rid of the popcorn, he started getting into the game, was clapping, you know, getting into it. But before then, everything was focused on that, you know, two dollar box of popcorn. <laughs> two dollars. He probably got it for free. Uh, but he was just scarfing it down. As you could see, he was even just like it was like a drink. He was just drinking the popcorn towards the end. So, Dockage, you are naughty, and you blocked us on Twitter. So, you're definitely you on the naughty moment. list. Um, all right, moving on because I don't think we have anybody else. Um, that was our annual naughty or nice list. We'll do that again next year. Uh, now I'm going to ask you Christmas presents. I'm going to say what Christmas present should insert person here hope to receive this year and i didn't give you guys any prep for this so you got to make it up off the top of your head Shoot. first up on the list tyreek evans what should he hope to receive this year for christmas um one of those ball retriever things you can put on the hoop and the ball will come back to you so you can just like practice on the jump shot in his spare time i think that was that'd be a very useful gift yeah it'd be a good gift for tyreek i'd like to give him the gift of making layups and like you know, maybe a little a more, lot to ask. maybe a little more confidence around the rim because he is worse than Thad layups. I I mean, Thad's actually not been terrible this year. Tyreek is bad at finishing at the rim. I bought my niece a basketball goal for Christmas this year. I hope she's not listening because then she's gonna know. But uh, it has one of those things you put on the rim that makes it guaranteed that every shot's going in. So that's what Tyreek needs. A confidence booster. A confidence booster. Just get some layups up, and it's guaranteed it's going in. That way, when he gets to games, maybe he'll have some more confidence out there. Uh, next up, Nate McMillan. What does he need to get this year for Christmas? I think just for Nate, like a nice sock cap will do. I mean, the man's bald. He's got, his head's got to get cold as hell in the winter. So just a sock cap for Nate. I think we need to get him a new uh, late-game inbounder so Bojan doesn't have to do it anymore. There you go. That's something. I like that. 
Uh, all right, Quinn Buckner. We're repeating some of the same names here, but you know some of them made the naughty list. But if they, you know, were getting something this year, what would Quinn Buckner need to get this year for Christmas? I'm gonna defer to you. Cause I'm, I'm gonna say a new pair of glasses because sometimes he's just completely wrong about what's happening on the court, and it's just ridiculous how wrong he is. So maybe a new pair of glasses so we can see things a little more clearly. I'm gonna say a new saying. I mean, Ooh. I love smothered chicken, and that'll always be in the arsenal. But hit me with something else. Like we need to. I mean, you can have more than one signature catchphrase. You don't have to be that guy with a one-trick pony. Throw me something else. You know, maybe like the snakes in the garden. I don't even know what that means, but just something. And like it. You know, I was gonna say I don't know if there's a good spot for this in Indy. Maybe just like a gift card uh, to a restaurant that has good smothered chicken. You know, ooh, not bad. <laughs> that would be definitely a win-win there for Quinn. So next up, TJ Leaf. What does TJ need to get this year for Christmas? Oh, man. There's a, a new lot team. he needs. <laughs> <laughs> a new team is the ultimate Christmas present. Um, I'm actually, kinda, no, 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 I got this. I got one, I got too. This. Yeah, go. TJ Leaf needs someone to buy him a tanning membership. The other day, Ooh. the other day when I was at the game, he's wearing those shorts, and you, can, I mean, TV, you can't, you can, you can, you can notice, but it's not as much as in person. And this dude, he had shorts on. He didn't get in the game, but you could see him over there, just pale. Absolutely yeah. pale. He looked like a ghost. Someone needs to get TJ a tanning membership. I'm going to say like a lot lizard, which is another name for a prostitute. Maybe he's just a slump buster <laughs> that he's been having trouble with this whole time. So maybe he just needs a slump buster. Uh, I think I want to get him a softer cushion for his seat on the bench just so his, <laughs> his ass doesn't hurt too much. <laughs> All right, next up, Lance Stevenson. Um, For Lance, maybe less, maybe a good book. Like, just something that he can read and just get, keep his mind off things. Because Lance gets crazy, and I think he needs that other side to get in the gang. Maybe just a good book. I think a plane ticket back to Indiana would do. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Yeah, I do like that. And he also, the video of him doing the, uh, what is that called, Zumba or whatever? Yeah, they got us, like, famous again. Yeah. That was, every, uh, like, every week we have one that gets us, like, 2,000. Not, not not by me. That Austin kid will tell you that slid into our DMs. I love you guys so much. But, um, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, good stuff. All right, next up, Skip Bayless. Skip! What, is, what does Skip need? Skip! Um, Skip needs, hmm, maybe, like, a one of those cards that says you're above 65 so you can get the senior discounts everywhere. Oh, that's a good one. AARP membership, something like that. Skip needs to get a co-host that can argue a little better. Skip! Because Skip Bayless, on a daily basis, looks like a genius. Like, I just remember, because Shannon Sharp just, he is not on top of things. I just remember when he and Stephen A. Smith used to go at it, and it's like, they were just, they had so much information, and Stephen A. Smith was so good at just, like, battling him, and just battling, and there'd never be a winner, and battle, battle, battle. And it's just like, Shannon Sharp just Skip, skip. It's like it's his big thing is skip. Dak Prescott is not that great, and it's like no one else in America other than Skip Bayless and like a couple of Dallas Cowboys fans think Dak Prescott's worth a flying bleep. What do you think, Skip? He skip. Needs a, he needs a brain. <laughs> Maybe just get him Stephen A. Smith in like a box and have him just argue <laughs> on Christmas morning. All right, next question on the list. Not really NBA or Pacers related. Best Christmas movie of all time. Um, I'm going to just rattle off a couple because I can't just name one. I'm a Christmas guy myself. The original Grinch paired with the Jim Carrey Grinch. I think they're both great, and I love them both. I watch them every year. And then after that, I'm going to go Charlie Brown's Christmas. Got to watch that every year. It's just a tradition of mine. Elf for the comedy aspect. Christmas Vacation, Polar Express, and Home Alone. That's my list. 
Don't at me. Uh, number one for me, Grinch. I done, it's Jim Carrey, Grinch. And then I'm the biggest Jim Carrey fan. So Jim Carrey in A Christmas Carol, absolutely stunning as well. Okay. I will say that. And uh, so I love The Grinch, love Christmas Carol. I actually like a little low-key, it's a terrible movie, but Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, I just watched that yesterday. It's a it's a delightful movie, a little hard The ending hard might bring you to tears. Yes. So. And so those are three that I watch every single year. Um, Elf was okay for me. I just don't get into the hype. And then Die Hard's pretty good. What about the Santa Claus? Yeah, definitely. Tim Allen? Yeah. See, the word gets off for me. I love one. Two was okay. Three was absolutely horrible. So, I mean, you can literally only watch the first one. Yeah, the first one's the only good one, really. But, yeah, it's good. I liked it. Speaking of Die Hard, (laughs) that was our next question. Oh, I didn't know that. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I've never seen Die Hard, so I have no idea. So elaborate for us. Well, to me, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Now, okay, so this is where the semantics get into it. Is it literally a Christmas movie about giving and, oh my gosh, my heart feels so... No, but it's setting everything about everything about it. There's you know lines in the play, or sorry, lines in the play, lines in the movie that just direct it towards Christmas and just some of the things that are going on. It's a festive season, festive atmosphere. Like it's a Christmas movie. That's what it's literally set in the Christmas spirit. Give I me guess. a plot summary of Die Hard. People well, dying on the spot. People dying. People dying. Yeah. So it's just Bruce Willis. <laughs> just Bruce Willis. Stuff. It's just it, basically if you've seen one Bruce Willis movie, you've watched them all. Okay. Little twists and some turns, and then like he has just some iconic quotes, like looking down out of the glass and just yippee ki yay, mother effort type deal stuff, you know. So it's, it's pretty intense stuff. It's culturally relevant. Too. It's culturally relevant. I've never yeah. Seen well, I actually it was. Uh, I got, I can't lie. It was on TNT this morning when I woke up at six o'clock in the morning for my morning coffee. I did, and I watched the part where he's looking down out of the glass, just staring at the dude, and he's just like, it's time. You're dead. Is Harry Potter a Christmas movie? No. No. There is a Christmas scene in almost every Harry Potter movie, which... It's because they go through the whole year of Hogwarts. If Listen, if you want to tell me it's a movie, I'll add it to my Christmas watching list, and I'll have no problem. Is Harry Potter a Halloween movie? Because Halloween's also in it. Yes. Okay. There you go. Uh, one... Christmas Christmas movie I'd like to throw in there. It's Family Man. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Have you seen that one? Is that the one where he uh, goes crazy and tries to kill his kids or something? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> There's one recently when they did a movie with Nick Cage. It came out last year. I thought it was called It's Family one Man. where he gets like uh, a new life. Well, he was going to marry some, some woman. Sounds great. He was going to marry some woman and he didn't. It was the love of his life. He broke up with her. And then he ended up being like this all-time guy, rich, spoiled guy. And then he, it comes Christmas, and some angel comes around and takes him back to what his life would be like if he had stayed with that woman. Oh, so it's basically just yes, man. It's or it's like uh, it's uh, a hot like, tub time machine. No, yeah, it's Friday Night Lights. A Wonderful Life. It's kind of like that, you know. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, no one said school movies. They're okay. Did you say a Christmas Story? I overrated, I overrated, over vastly overrated. I honest, will contend that I've never seen that either. Wow, it's on for twenty four straight 24 hours. Every hours you got to watch it this year. I always see it, and I'm like, I don't want, like, I don't want to just get stuck. It's in a loop. it's o- the NBA game. It's huh? overrated. I just know that the kid gets a stung. T- I kind of like Frosty the, the Snowman. I just sneeze. What about Jack Frost? <laughs> Jack Frost. I do like Jack Frost. Michael it's, Keaton. It's not on my list. Okay, moving on. Um, Is, wait, Grinch your number one. Let's just okay, go, so number go number one. Number one. Just and I want to hear Chris's oh, as well. Mine's Grinch. Number one, Jim Carrey. Grinch is hard to beat, man. But I'll tell you what, 
and this is the child side of me speaking. It's my number one's got to be Polar Express. Never seen Polar Express. And we're gonna put it on right now. So I have a copy of it. <laughs> Chris, number one. I don't really have a number one. Number one that you just gotta watch. Not even. I don't watch any. It. You don't watch any. Christmas not during. Movie. Not when it's on. I would watch The Grinch if it was on. Maybe. Okay. There we go. There we go, baby. Grinch is close, but just not the new Grinch. The Family Man. <laughs> I haven't seen the new Grinch, but I would like to see it. But I'm not gonna go to theaters. No, that's definitely a. No, wait yeah, that's a way. On DVD and because I. First off, I'd have no one to go with, so I could not go to a kid's movie alone. Looking well, like I do now, yeah. like no I would raise some concerns immediately. <laughs> that chin, though. That's a beautiful chin. All right, last Christmas-related question. NBA Christmas Day, big day. Love it because of FanDuel. I recommend you do it. It's a great time. We have one, two, three, four, five matchups every year. I don't know how I forgot that. Five matchups this year. Which matchup are you looking forward to watching the most? Hmm. Uh, for me, I'll just go Sixers Celtics because it it just it has a. I mean, I think it'll have it's one game, so just bear with me here. But I think it has the most to do with the Pacers. Um, two of the better teams in the East. Just seeing how they stack up on on a big stage, pretty much the biggest stage before the playoffs. I would say, is that fair? I mean, coming down the stretch, there's no other really big regular season game, so I guess I'll go Sixers Celtics, but that uh, that Blazers Jazz game. Ooh. I'm telling you. I think you. for me, just from up here watching, I think there's so much history between the Thunder and the Rockets. That'll be a good game. Rockets have been playing a lot better lately. Around the associations coming up. They broke the three point record last night for like what, like the fifth time in the last year or something. Right. So they're playing better, so hopefully that's a good game and the Thunder are playing good too. Really can't wait to watch Enos Cantor versus Brooke Lopez in that Bucks next game. Battling yeah, we'll down low as well. Last question I'll pose to you. Which one do you like better? I know which one I would pick, but I want to get your thoughts. Thanksgiving Day football or NBA Christmas basketball? Thanksgiving football for me. <sighs> I got... I gotta go NBA basketball actually, that's which fair. is that's hell close. because Chris, Chris and I just have spent I think the last three or four Christmases just playing FanDuel, and it's just like intense. We put lineups in; it's hardcore, and there's just something about the fact you're just kind of laying around. You're not going to work the next day. You're just chilling. You're just watching some watching well, some, some of games. Us are going to work the next day. You go to work the next day. I do. Yikes! Jesus <laughs> Christ! All right, I gotta ask. It just just popped in my head. <laughs> So let's say we hop into like some weird time circle continuum thing on Christmas Day. What are two teams you want to see play each other from throughout the history of NBA? So the Christmas Day dream game. Two teams. Mm. Maybe like Showtime Lakers and like you throw Larry Bird Celtics in there. Maybe just a rematch of that. Maybe mm. like the Pistons versus Nat- the Pacers now just to see how we'd stack up. Anything. Oscar Robertson. You must say the Bill Russell out, come the out. Cop, the cop out answer would be the Lakers now versus the Warriors. No, versus uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, that would be. Or that would like, be the cop out answer. I'd want to see a modern team against a great team. Let's go. I. I'm keeping it Pacers wise okay. here. Let's go this year's Indiana Pacers team versus the 2000 NBA Finals Pacers team. Ooh, I like that. We'd wear the the. The crappy gray uniforms and then they wear the flojos. I want to see the hopefully I get the year right because I always screw up the year mouse at the palace I want to see the 2003 Pacers pre-brawl pre versus the 2003 San Antonio Spurs who won the championship I like that, that year one too. I want to see off by a year. is it 2002? 
0405. Okay. Well, I want to see 0405. And, um, well, I don't think uh, San Antonio won an 04, right? Didn't they win two in a row right there? They won an 05, yeah. Okay. Well, that's the freaking team I want to see. I want to see Pacers versus San Antonio. Why do I always think it's 2003? Is that the year that Artes should have won the. That's the MVP. year he won Defensive Player of the Year, and they won 61 games. Okay, that's why it's always in my head. Okay, cool. Next. All right, that's all I got. So coming up next, Around the Association. It is time for Around the Association, presented by Born Ready Tupac. Born ready to pod around the association. Table talk. Are you guys ready? Yes. Okay. First up, Pacers hire first female assistant general manager, Kelly Kroskopov. I don't know if that's the way you pronounce it, but she was the former general manager of the Fever, who's had success winning a championship, the only championship in Indiana sports in the 2010s. I don't care if it is a male, a female. I don't care what color, what your – anything. I don't care. Just – if you can find me NBA talent, I want the best people that can do it. If she is the top candidate, by all means, bring her on, and let's try to build this roster into a championship. And the first question I would just ask her is, should Darren Collison be a starting point guard in the NBA? She says no. She goes to the nice list. I like it. She's got a good track record. Uh, you know, obviously the WNBA is kind of similar to the NBA, not popularity-wise, but the NBA did create it. Yeah. So that's the W. Shout before. out Stern. Yep. Yeah, nice shop Stern. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to it, uh, seeing what role she plays, and uh, I think that she'll be a good fit. She's been in the Pacers Sports and Entertainment organization for a long time, so obviously they think very highly of her, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, hopefully her career developing in that role. So rank them this way: we got Pritchard one, Chad Buchanan two, and then she's what three? Yeah, I would feel like. So she's what do you a- think an assistant general manager does on a day to day? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> no idea. Uh, I'm assuming that she's going to work a lot with Chad and, you know, probably work a lot in the scouting department. Um, she'll probably try to be, I mean, doing the kind of the same things that she was doing in her FIFA role as GM. I'm pretty sure that they probably all three work as a team. Yeah. Um, and she's not going to, I mean, obviously Kevin Pritchard's got the final say, but her and Chad will work. And I think that pretty much they'll be kind of like a, you know, a duo there in that that role yeah i i think you know if if you're the gm you want to hire people that are really good at what you're not good at i mean if i mean pritchard's pretty good at everything but you want you want to find a a person that can try to help you out and push you towards you know push your negatives to more on the positive side so i would say he's a very good scout and executive i wouldn't be surprised if she is she's like a number cruncher type deal and then one of those people that i think we we obviously scout the west really well because we always draft kids from the west so i think they all have kind of regions and Pritchard's talked about that before so maybe she takes like the east region scouting and and does like some number crunching and stuff and that stuff's super important and kind of tell you what contracts will look like down the road if you want to pick a team to jump on the bandwagon of there's no better team than the Indiana Pacers yeah exactly I mean we're forward we're progressive we're taking our game global we're playing India for Christ's sake that's next on the docket the Pacers and the Kings have agreed to two preseason games in India next year 
pretty cool. I would not want to be on the team and travel to India to play, but, you know, I'm assuming they're going to get a hell of vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> it's cool. It's cool as a fan. Yeah, I just think, like, this belongs in around the association because something you hit on really quick, um, I do. I think it's cool. I think uh, it's a great opportunity to grow the brand, and obviously India has an untapped market. And what, sure a, <laughs> and what a way for us to... You know, I think I saw it's the first there. professional game ever going to be held in India, in any sport. I thought they were well, yeah. I think they did like some type of like global game there. So yeah, it probably is like the first game. So I know Kristen Airy said he'd been over there before, so he's probably looking forward to the opportunity going back. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Next up, whoa, we got Trevor Reza was traded. Breaking news to the Wizards for Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers. The Suns are now on a four-game winning streak. Also. So last in the West to still last in the West, but they're closing that gap. Look out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think th- the biggest part of the story is actually the trade that didn't happen because the lack of communication between the three teams on the Marshawn Brooks, Dylan Brooks with Memphis. So um, I don't think it's a huge deal. I am a little disappointed because I actually thought Trevor Reza could help us personally. And, uh, yeah, that's about, that's about where I stand on it. Kind of what I think is – I feel like, and the Wizards probably couldn't have afforded to sign Kelly Oubre. I think his contract's up at the end of the year, and they've already paid a bunch of guys, so they probably couldn't have afforded him. But my thoughts are you're sending a really young guy for Trevor Ariza, who's probably got a couple more years left. So, I kind And of on like, a one-year contract. Yeah, I feel like the Suns won that deal, and then they cut Austin Rivers. They cut ties with him right away. And so they actually won the deal major because they didn't have to take on Austin Rivers. So what is happening? Well, the Wizards went from wanting to trade everyone to adding a piece that could help. No, I think it's good. really you're adding a one-year contract, a veteran in the locker room that hopefully can kind of set some things straight. Um, and then you're not going to be able to sign Kelly Oubre because you paid a – I uh, almost cussed really bad there. Um, uh, you added so many terrible contracts. John Wall making $40 million. Otto Porter getting paid like he's a star. It's just – it's pointless. I still think that they could trade him if the ship doesn't get right They're probably just doing it this year, and then offseason comes, they realize that they're going to lose in the first round if they make the eighth seed, or then they blow it up this summer. So, I don't know. Maybe they're trying one last final run with these guys because they've committed so much money, probably having a trouble – finding a deal for those guys that they think is reasonable. So they were like, okay, we'll give it one more whirl. Trevor Ariza was here a few years ago. Let's see how it works out. Semi-serious question. Actually, a very serious question. Um, obviously, take the skill out of it, but with the contracts, would you trade TJ Leaf straight up for John Wall? <laughs> I'm being dead serious with the money. I mean, he's going to get paid like almost – make 48? 48 is like what it's going to be like in a year or two. Think about that for a second. And he so doesn't have to play the money out of it. No, I sorry. John I mean, take does, the skill. John take Ball the skill out of it. Would not fit the Pacers' culture. That so if built. they literally called and said, "Hey, you give us T.J. Leaf, you take John Wall." I mean, obviously, say? I want John Wall over him. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Take how many years has he got on that contract? Like three or four years left, I think. That's tough. That's, that's what tough. I'm saying. Obviously, we're all like, "Well, no shit, we take John Wall over T.J. Leaf." If we but, could flip him. Yeah, but obviously they're having trouble flipping him. I don't know. Just one of those things popped in my head last second. You could probably get a better return flipping John Wall than you could trying to send T.J. Leaf off somewhere, let's be honest. You never know. Yeah, but T.J. Leaf looks so good sitting on the bench. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Rockets broke the NBA three-point record last night, hitting 26 three-pointers. I have no idea who they're playing. I think it was the Jazz, maybe. 
Yeah, something like that, maybe. Yeah, somebody that sucks. But James anyway. Harden's just killing it right now. Yeah. So. He's unguardable. You can't, I mean, every he takes a foul. He literally took, did you, see the, did you see the double step back oh, he yeah. did? Oh, yeah. He literally four steps, hardcore steps, plus a, like a, another gather. And literally, it's impossible to guard that. How long will this record stand? 26 threes. You think until the end of the uh, year? No. It'll be broken People by People will try to break so? it. Yeah. yeah. The Warriors are going to try to just break it. Okay. And they will. They eventually. Will. 27 threes would be pretty crazy. All right. What about 28? <laughs> oh! <laughs> All right, next up. We got Steph Curry said he doesn't believe in the moon landing. On Vince Carter and Kent Bazemore's podcast called Winging It, he said, I listened to it, and he honestly sounded dead serious. They were just talking about, like, weird hypothetical stuff like this, and then... Steph just chimed in that he didn't think we landed on the moon, and he was dead serious. Well, he not to throw water on this, but he did come out and say later that he was kidding and clearly. I mean, he did take some crap for it. It's just I try to tell the kids I teach, it's like, do pro athletes are so stupid. But I don't think Steph Curry doesn't come off as like that arrogant pos that some of the other guys do so i actually do kind of believe that he was kidding but he sounded dead serious and And i haven't listened to it i'll be honest with you nasa has reached out to him to come to their i don't know where it was but they've reached out to him and he's going to get a free trip to their headquarters whatever the hell that's 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 perfect because steph curry definitely needs more free stuff blake griffin had tweeted out well i don't believe that bill gates has all that money (laughs) (laughs) prove it show me the money yeah but honestly if Somebody proved to me right now we landed on the moon with irrespeable evidence. You cannot unless you've been there or like known somebody who does. So I can see his point, but I obviously believe we landed on the moon. I'm not a psychopath, but some guys that they just have this weird way of thinking that if they can't prove it themselves, they're not going to believe it. So that's just my take on it. And that concludes ATA. It's time to end around the association. All right. Wrapping that up. Final thoughts here. Uh, this We did announce earlier, not only a Christmas episode, it's our Reggie Miller episode. So, I'm going to put you guys on the spot and ask your favorite Reggie Miller moment. Mm. I was thinking game-wise, there's, there's a couple. Eight points, nine seconds, obviously. Shout out to them. They made a career off the blog and from what he did. And uh, next, getting into the Hall of Fame, I was saying earlier, I don't think we've in the last 20 years... We said one other guy that was on the Pacers for three years, and Reggie was our guy. So him getting in the Hall of Fame was a big moment for the Pacers. We don't have that many Hall of Famers, so that was cool. And then I'll let you, you, you take a couple. Dude. Yeah, I just can't. Uh, the My biggest one, and obviously I was like four or five when this happened, so not live, but just that Reggie Miller just all over – the people of Madison Square Garden. That is timeless to me. I still will watch that Reggie Miller uh, 30 for 30 whenever it's on. I even have it on DVD. It's just it's just awesome. Just one guy took on a whole city when you consider so many athletes wilt under that pressure of just being on the teams in that city. And Reggie Miller walked in there with the hick, the hick persona of Indiana on his back and just completely would dismantle you know, a franchise that was thought to, you know, be on the rise with Patrick Ewing. Like, that's just, it doesn't yeah, get Knicks, better than that. We killed the Knicks. We killed the Knicks. They haven't been relevant We since. murdered them. Yep. Think about it. How many times have they made the playoffs in the last 20 years? They made it the year that we played twice. them. The Great Wall of Hibbert games. And I think I saw, it was, we played them in the second round. Yeah. And then it was the NBA Finals. Game two of the NBA Finals, Carmelo Anthony still had the most shot attempts in the playoffs. 
So a whole series in a game has gone by, and Anthony still took more shots than everyone else, which is hilarious. They were a bad team. They were terrible. They were bad. We beat them in six. Probably should have beat them in five that year, I believe. Any I would moments? agree. The 34 points to send us to the finals in 2000. We scored 17 in the fourth. Reggie Miller, shout out. Nine for nine from the free throw line. And you can't forget, even though we lost this series, as rebuilding years, he made that three to send it to overtime against the Nets. Oh, yeah, like that's that a good one, too. three. Yeah, yeah pull up. Um, that was a big play. And then I always liked the three that he made in the conference finals against the Pistons in 04, game one. Uh, unfortunately, he got blocked by Tayshawn in game two, and oh, pretty much that was I when we lost one. the series. I this is just a little little thing, little white Indiana boy that wanted to shoot like Reggie. But Reggie, I remember when Reggie came out with wristbands were big. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And then he came out with the finger, the finger, oh, band? Yeah, the finger band, and I had one just because Reggie had one. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, shooting in like just felt completely <laughs> terrible. Like it sucked, and you're just like, no, I'm gonna work it in because Reggie does it. You know, it's just awesome. He'll Stuff like that. It's 57 just... against the Hornets on 29 shots, pretty efficient. And he also has a gold medal. So Reggie's done it all. Done it all. Wish he would have won a championship. He yes. still could. He can still come could. out of retirement. He come back and make some threes. Well, today's NBA, Warriors. you can't tell me he can't just no. be. You yeah. can't be Doug McDermott. Yeah. I mean, he looked pretty good in Uncle Drew. That's yep. what I heard. I haven't yeah. seen it, but he looked pretty either. good. Yep. You know, I'm assuming he was draining threes in that, that yep. movie. Yeah, <laughs> another movie I haven't seen. <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Uh, Mary, very special wishes to you and your families this holiday season whatever you're celebrating we celebrate christmas but i know a lot of our listeners you know we got a diverse group of listeners happy holidays to you guys merry christmas and we will see you after christmas we'll be back recording next week hopefully we have three wins under our belt by the next time we record um but we really appreciate you guys tuning in this was our first christmas episode hope to keep it you know (laughs) going forward for the years to come on this podcast and I'm going to just, I, I've been cut off. I'm going to let you go off on the sound of this hit Christmas song. I look for him because 